family. It's so wonderful to be in your presence again. God is so good. This morning, um, this was a great worship, and, and I, I think that uh, the Holy Ghost was telling Jane exactly what I was going to talk about, because so many songs had little snippets of scriptures and things that I wanted to talk about today. And this last one just really set it up. You know, you were God, you are God, you always will be God. And we sang that with all of our hearts, and, and, and that's a lot of what I want to talk about today. I've been doing a series for the last two, two and a half years on the different manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I've been studying the supernatural gift of healing. And I'm writing a book on this, so a lot of my studies are, are going into chapters. And when Martin contacted me here a couple weeks ago and he says, you have anything? I'm like, I think I do. And I pulled my notes out and I looked at them and they seemed so dry to me. <laughs> like, I don't think I want to say this because I'm not finding the anointing on this. So I closed the notebook, put it back in the drawer. And I just started praying, and about the fourth day, finally, the Lord told me what to do. He said, I want you to, to hang it all on these things, supernatural church, supernatural God, supernatural kingdom. So you're going to hear me say the word supernatural a lot today. And I know I, I heard once that for you to remember something, you got to hear it 29 times. So you might hear the word supernatural 29 times today, and I didn't do that by accident, I just, every time I was writing something, the Lord would say supernatural healing rather than divine healing. So I believe today, as we go into the word, God wants us to look at him as a supernatural being. And I know in our heads, we're all like, yeah, yeah, we know God's supernatural. We know that there's nobody like him, that he created everything but when it comes to apply to our everyday life, I think we sometimes forget that he is supernatural. So we're going to start the morning out by looking at when the supernatural became common in the earth. And it was the birth of the church era that this happened. And so we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 24, 48. And Jesus had spoken to the disciples, and, and he had promised them that the Father had said the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 44 that the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out in the earth. And so in Luke, Jesus told the disciples uh, this scripture. Do you have that, Shel or, um, Olivia? Did I give you Luke 24, 49? Okay, he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, this was the promise that Jesus gave the disciples. And so we know that when we look at Acts chapter 2, that there was like over a hundred and some people gathered together in one room. And the Bible says they are in prayer and they are in one accord. They were in unity. They were all believing God for this right here. 
This was why they were there in Jerusalem in a room praying together and they were waiting because Jesus told them to tarry, to wait until you receive this promise. Now, I had never looked up what the word endued means, but it's actually a word that talks about sinking into a garment. Now, most of us today wear slacks, so we might sink our leg into the slacks, but when you were in the common era of wearing a tunic, it would go on over your head and it would fall over you and you were like inside of it. You were enclosed in it. You were enclosed in your garment. And this word endued, Jesus specifically used to give a word picture to you and I that there is a power coming that's going to wrap around you like clothes and you're going to wear it. You're going to wear this power that I am sending, and it's going to be on you and in you, and it is from on high. It is a gift of God. And this is our first introduction to what was lying ahead for the New Testament church. And when we turn over to Acts chapter 2, we see that Jesus fulfilled that promise. He sent the Holy Spirit. And it was a supernatural experience. Now, you probably read Acts chapter 2 before. Can you tell me what happened on the day of Pentecost? What were some things that manifested on the day of Pentecost? What did they hear? Mighty wind, they spoke in tongues, and the Bible says they saw a phenomena that looked like tongues of fire that came and sat on each one of them. A supernatural manifestation came down from heaven. This wasn't something that man could create. This wasn't something that they all got together and said, let's just tell everybody this is what happened. No, the sound was so loud that they could hear the, the sound of the rushing mighty wind out in the street. They could hear the roar of heaven come down and fill these people. And they started speaking in tongues, and they could hear in the street people speaking in tongues. These manifestations were so supernatural, they could not be created from a human heart. And this is the first evidence we see of God wanting to bestow on the church supernatural phenomena. That is his will for us. He wants us to walk in the supernatural. And he told the church when he gave commissions, he said, go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopards. He wanted them to use the supernatural power that was given to them. And Throughout the Bible, when we look in the book of Acts, we see disciples, not just apostles, but we see ordinary disciples praying for people, healing the sick, manifestations of people being brought back to life. We see that God is moving through people. And so today we're going to take a look at supernatural healing and the gifts of the Spirit, which include the gifts of healing. So I want us um, to take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. I want you to see what, what God had wrote through the hand of Paul. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to dumb idols, however you were led. 
Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. That's Jesus. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. And then he doubles back to, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each individually as he wills. So this tells us that there are spiritual gifts that can be given for specific situations to take care of something supernaturally. God wants to do an explosive thing, a manifestation of power to release into the earth to solve a situation. But there is another concept about divine healing that he wants us to know. And this is what I'm going to state several times. It is our God-given right to have supernatural divine healing. And I'm going to show you scriptures in a few moments, a few moments to back this up so that you have no doubt in your heart. I, I, I want to leave here today with you knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that it is your God-given right to receive supernatural healing. I want you to know that without a shadow of a doubt when you leave here today. Because we're going to look at God's word. And this right to supernatural healing is different than the manifestation of the gifts of healing from the Spirit. They're two different things in the kingdom of God. One is a right that is given to us because of the blood of Jesus and the covenant that he cut for us. That covenant is a legal manifesto that says you have this right because of the blood of Jesus. In the new covenant, the kingdom of God reigns and it was brought by Jesus and his sacrifice, his resurrection, his ascension to heaven. He sealed the new covenant and that work is done. It's complete. Your God-given right to supernatural healing is complete. It is finished. It's already done for you. Okay? That's what the scripture tells us. And I think sometimes we just need to look at things in a little bit different manner for it to click in our spirit. And I want us to really get this, that God has provided a supernatural healing for us. I know sometimes, because we live in a fallen world, we get used to looking at the testimonies of the world. I've got finger air quotes going here if you can't see me. And, you know, the testimony of the world says, well, God doesn't heal everybody. God doesn't want to heal everybody. Well, maybe God wants you to suffer because he's teaching you something. And we find all of these excuses about why God doesn't heal us. But we don't see any of that in the scripture. I couldn't find it anywhere that God doesn't want to heal everybody. God is not partial 
He is totally impartial. What's for one of us, he gives to all of us. The new covenant that you gain by confessing Jesus as Lord gives you every right as a citizen of heaven, no matter who you are, where you come from, what your name is. You, you get it all when you confess Jesus as Lord. Now, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Part of our difficulty in receiving these things is that we don't have revelation. We need the Holy Spirit to come to us and reveal in our spirit to make that sink in and settle in so that we know that we know. Now, Paul was writing, and he says here in verse 9, he says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of the man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I'm going to stop there for a second. My beloved brothers and sisters, you cannot get a revelation of God through your natural ears and your natural eyes. It's not going to happen. You cannot get a revelation, a deep, true, revealing revelation of who God is with your natural senses. We say God is good. He provides good food. He provides a warm house. And we see these things in the natural that we sense naturally. But the deepest form of revelation that reveals the heart of God to us comes through the Holy Spirit. Let's go on. Verse 10, it says, But God has revealed these things to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. And here's the reason. That we might know. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You and I, we need revelation that only the Holy Spirit can provide about what's in the heart of God. And I'm going to tell you this, what's in the heart of God towards you is always good. It's always good. He's always good in his intentions toward us. He loves us. He sent his son to redeem us. Jesus went through hell and back to make sure that you could get the goodness of God while you were still here on earth. Everything about what God has for you is good. But we need the Holy Spirit to come in and tell us these things. You see, and I know we've all experienced this. Maybe we're reading our Bibles and we're reading a scripture and all of a sudden we get this like aha moment, you know, like, oh, wow, now I get it. I understand, right? That's, that's you experiencing revelation by the Spirit, and when you receive a revelation, you can hang your faith on that. You can attach your faith to it. The Holy Spirit showed you something about who God is in that scripture, and you know you can stand on it because you got revelation, right? And so that is what his work is. The work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal God to us in an ever-increasing manner so that we can attach our faith to what he reveals to us. Because revelation with faith opens the portals of heaven. 
when we know what God wants to give us and we can put our faith on that, then we can receive the benefits and the blessings from the kingdom of heaven that God intends for us to have. We need faith to be set on revelation to receive the supernatural provision from the kingdom of heaven. That's his whole heart is to bless his people. Now I want to talk about this God who does this for us. The nature of God himself is supernatural. Now, John wrote that God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So what I want you to understand, God doesn't have the same physical needs that we have. He doesn't have the same limitations that we have. This is our creator who spoke into existence everything in this planet. Through his words, he supernaturally created matter out of nothing. Supernaturally created this planet just by speaking. There was sun and moon and oceans and land. He's supernatural. And not only does the supernatural realm influence and change the things of this earth, it rules it. it, it God's policies and laws and things that he's created. Like There's a scripture, I think, in Psalms that says, he tells the oceans how far they can go. God has supernaturally set in motion things on our planet because that's who he is. He is our supernatural God. And he rules over this planet. Now let's take a quick look at Colossians chapter 1. I want us to see the supernatural nature of God and of Jesus Christ. And it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible things, invisible things, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. This is our supernatural God who created us, who redeemed us, who put us into his kingdom. Now, God wants us to understand how to operate in the kingdom of God. And he sent Jesus to die on the cross, to usher in a new kingdom with his blood, a new covenant. So we're going to take a minute now and talk about a supernatural kingdom. We have to get revelation from the Holy Spirit about the kingdom of God if we want to access all the benefits, all the blessings, the power, the authority, the dominion. We, ha we have to understand these things about the kingdom of God to receive the benefit of them. Jesus told us, you've heard of what we call the Lord's Prayer, but the last part of that he says, I want you to say or confess, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory for how long? Forever and ever. So Jesus was telling the disciples I want you to confess, I want you to say with your mouth that the kingdom belongs to God. And that word kingdom means the dominion. 
The right, the rule, the reign on this planet belongs to God. And the power of that kingdom belongs to God. And the glory manifesting in that kingdom, God's very presence in the earth through you and I, comes from God. And he told us, say it every day, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I'm going to tell you folks, if you start to confess that, your faith is going to rise up because you know that God's in charge, right? It's his planet, his kingdom, his power, his glory. Put your faith in who God is. Because I'm going to tell you, where you find God, you find that his supernatural power is available. And you're in his kingdom. So supernatural power, the power of God, is available to each of us as we will begin to meditate on that and let it rise up in our hearts. Now I'm going to tell you five things that are going to happen when you start seeking the kingdom of God digging into what the supernatural kingdom of God will provide for you. There's, there's five things that are going to happen in your life if you seek the kingdom and everything that's in it. The f- number one thing is we begin to understand our purpose and our role, what God wants us to be doing when we're in the kingdom. You'll begin to understand those things. We get prepared to operate in the authority of the kingdom, we can resist the devil and restore the security and peace to our lives that we know that we should have. When we understand who we are supernaturally, that we come from a supernatural origin. Think about this for a second. A supernatural God created you, so you have supernatural origins. Think about that for a second. A supernatural God created you, recreated you in the new birth, bestowed you with power. You have supernatural origins. Because the supernatural God created a kingdom and a way for you to enter it and a way for you to occupy it and operate in it. This is how much God loves us. So we begin to operate in our authority, we resist the devil. We learn how to use our spiritual gifts. We learn how to operate in unity, cooperating with the body of Christ. When everybody begins to understand what their role is and what they're supposed to be doing, we don't try to do what other people are doing. We we do what we're supposed to do. Okay, so there's no competition. There's no craziness going on because we're doing what we know we're supposed to do. That's, That's part of the kingdom. We gain a glimpse of how much he loves us. The more you meditate on the kingdom of God, the more revelation you get of it, you get a glimpse of how much he loves you. And, and Paul wrote that it's, you, we can't hardly fathom how deep, how wide. It's, it's immeasurable. But you can get a glimpse of it because the Holy Spirit reveals God to you. And then we begin to comprehend And our will changes so that we cooperate with God to see his vision for the gospel to be preached in the whole earth. The more we understand what the kingdom of God has done for us, the more we understand everybody needs this. 
Everybody needs delivered from the power of the enemy. Everybody needs delivered from oppression. Everybody needs divine healing. Everybody needs prosperity. And we become more willing to speak about God's kingdom and what it has available for us. Jesus told us if we seek the kingdom of God first and its righteousness, that every single thing that you have need of can be found there. God's supernatural kingdom has everything that you have need of. It is your God-given right to receive it. It's already provided. It was sealed by the new covenant and the blood of Jesus. It is yours. If you need it, he's got it, and it's yours. You and I, everybody in this section, you have a God-given right for divine healing. Everybody in this section, you have a God-given right for divine healing. I'm going to go here and tell these guys too. Everybody in this section, you have a God-given right to divine healing. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to say it one more time. Everybody in this section, front row especially, you have a God-given right to divine healing. Every one of you. And over here, you have a God-given right to divine healing. He's already paid for it. It's already bought. It's already yours. Your name's on it. When you confess Jesus as Lord, you come into that covenant. You become an heir of the things of heaven. It is your right. You have a God-given right to divine healing. The blood of Jesus paid for it. That arrangement is completed. And in fact, anything you need can be found under the new covenant as a provision for you. The Bible tells us that God, in Romans chapter 8, he gave us his son and he did not withhold anything. With, 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 he didn't hold anything back. He, he gave everything and his son because he loves us. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? It's all under the covenant of the blood of Jesus. Now, specifically for divine healing, I talked earlier how Isaiah prophesied that the Spirit of God is going to get poured out. That was Isaiah 44. I want to take a look at Isaiah 53. Now, we've seen this before. This is in verses 2 through 5. And Isaiah is prophesying of Jesus. And what we find here are the elements that are necessary to seal the new covenant. Isaiah is prophesying what's going to happen, what pillars are in the new covenant, and what's going to happen to seal it. And that's what he's talking about. And he's talking about Jesus. And he says, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace 
was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah prophesied that this is what God is going to do to release us from sorrows and griefs and iniquities and transgressions. Isaiah said, this is what's going to happen. By his stripes, we are healed. Jesus has lifted. And I looked up, you know, what is griefs? What is sorrows? And here's the, some words in, included in that definition. Jesus lifted anxiety, malady, infirmity, calamity, anguish, affliction, pain, sickness, sorrow. He lifted all of that. Those words were all included. He was wounded and broken for our revolt, our rebellion, our transgression. Any sin that you could have committed against God, it is covered. It's all covered. Every affliction you could ever suffer, it's all covered. Jesus took it all and covered it all. It's a blanket covenant to cover everything so that you could be healed. Now, I want us to just verify so that you know, that you know, we're going to turn over to Matthew, at least I think we are, yeah, I'm in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17, Matthew understood this prophecy was literally for physical healing, because some people are like, well, by his stripes you were healed. That's just talking about your spiritual healing. It's not talking about your physical healing. But Matthew understood this to be physical healing. He says, when evening had come, they, were, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Okay, in the New Covenant, Matthew understood that prophecy to mean physical healing. So did Peter. We're going to flip over quick to 1 Peter 2.21. For to this you were called, because Christ who suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return when he suffered. He did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. This is Peter again quoting Isaiah 53. Our spiritual healing and our physical healing were bought on the cross, and it belongs to us. It's our God-given right and that word, by whose stripes you were healed, is the Greek word, iaomahahi. Try to say that fast. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus used this same word. In Luke 13, 31 through 32, some Pharisees came to Jesus and get out and depart from here. Herod wants to kill you. But he said to them, go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. I am the third day. I shall be perfected. That word cures is that same Greek word that Peter was talking about. Jesus was saying, I'm healing people. It's physical healing. And, and so I want to say to you, 
Does God want you to be healed? That is a resounding yes. Does God want you to be healed? Yes. It's in the scriptures. It's his word. That's the only thing that I can give you. My experiences mean nothing to you, but the word is the word of God and we can stand on it. We can all receive supernatural healing because it is our God-given right. We're going to jump over to Luke chapter 4. I want to talk to you for a minute about the year of Jubilee. In Luke chapter 4, it says Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And it was his custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The acceptable year of the Lord is the year of Jubilee. Leviticus 25 tells us that it was a 50th year Sabbath, but it was a special Sabbath. On the Day of Atonement, there was a special sacrifice where a goat was brought into the Holy of Holies by the high priest. And behind the veil, the goat was slaughtered. And all of Israel believed that the blood of that goat would be an appeasement to God for the next year to cover their sins, that God would look on them favorably and bless them. That happened on the Day of Atonement, on the first day of the year of Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, everything was restored. If you had lost a house to debt and someone took it from you, you got your house back. If your husband was taken into slavery because you couldn't pay your debt, you got your husband back. Anything that had been taken for any reason by someone else in the year of Jubilee, every 50 years, Every family had their assets restored to them. Everything that had been taken was given back. It was a year of freedom. It was a year of restitution. And during that whole year, you could not have it taken from you again. You could not be oppressed. That year was a year of freedom. It was a year where you had no worries. It was a year of celebration and feasting. It was a year of peace, of a family to be whole again, to have their loved ones in a home where they could find peace and safety. This was God's plan for his people to live in a year of restoration for always. And when Jesus got up in the synagogue and he said, today, this is fulfilled 
in your ears, he was saying, I am going to be the final sacrifice. I am going to restore everything that was stolen from you. I am going to redeem your life from the hand of the enemy. I am going to put you back in a position of freedom from oppression. I am going to give you everything that you need in the kingdom of God, including divine healing. Jesus came proclaiming the year of Jubilee, and it was to bless his people. And he said, today is the day. And some people were like, you know, I, I can see where uh, the whole thing about God taking care of our sins, but did he really take care of our sickness? And do you remember the story of the paralytic guy on the mat? He had four friends that wanted to get him to Jesus. And when they got to the house, they couldn't get in because the crowd was so heavy. And so they tore off the roof and they lowered him down into the roof. When Jesus saw this man coming down, he said to him, your sins are forgiven. And all the Pharisees there were in an uproar and like, you can't forgive sins. And Jesus said, just so you know, just, just so you know I have the power to forgive sin, I'm going to heal this guy. And so Jesus healed him to prove that he had the power to forgive sin. Healing was proof that he was God. Healing is proof that he is supernatural and he is the restorer of our lives. And we can put our trust in Jesus. We can put our trust in his covenant. We can put our trust in his word. Now, for the sake of time, we're going to look at Matthew 4, 23, and then I'm going to just read a couple to you because we're getting there. When we see Jesus, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you've seen the Father's heart, you've seen what the Father wants to happen. And so we are here in Matthew 4, 24, 4, 23, and it says, Jesus went about all of Galilee, preaching, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, this is important because the kingdom is the concept of God's dominion, that he's the supernatural one, that he's the supernatural God. So when they went out, they were told to preach the kingdom of God, that God's dominion is here, and heal all kinds of sickness, Jesus did, and all kinds of disease. His fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all six people who were afflicted with various diseases, torments, and those who are demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. There was nothing that he couldn't heal. He healed all of them. And in Luke 9:11, it says, when the multitudes knew that Jesus was there, they followed him. He received them. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed all who had need of healing. The anointing of the Father on Jesus to heal never ended. Okay? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that what Hebrews tells us? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the anointing on our Lord Jesus Christ to heal people never ended. He provided our God-given right to receive that healing from him. It never ended. It's for us and it's toward us because he loves us. We're going to turn to Matthew 
I want us to see something here. It says, Jesus went about all the cities, villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the dominion of God, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And we're going to go into 10, next chapter. When he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease. I find this so interesting that he told them to pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers out. And then guess who got sent out? They did. But the power that Jesus gave them, the supernatural power that he has, they were able to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease because it came from Jesus. It came from our supernatural God. And the reason is because people had needs. Do you see people today that have needs? Are there people around you that have needs? everywhere. I know a couple of friends that are fighting cancer, different things. Everywhere around me, people have needs. What is the solution to that? What is the solution to the effects of sin in this fallen world? There's only one solution. It is the supernatural resurrected Son of God, Jesus Christ. He's the only solution to any of this. And what he has bought for us with his covenant is everything that we have need of if we seek his kingdom. That includes our divine manifestation of healing. Everything God told Jesus, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, I need you to get this covenant in order. Everything God told Jesus, I want you to do, because Jesus said, I do what the Father tells me to do, I do what he shows me to do. Everything that Jesus did for the Father it was accomplished. When he was on the cross, before he gave up his spirit, what did he say? It is finished. I have done everything the Father told me to do. My work is finished. It's done. I did it. It's completed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Everything that he asked Jesus to do was done. And that's a beautiful thing. So, folks, we are of supernatural origins. We are made in the image of a supernatural God. We're born again into a new creation in Christ. We're equipped by God's supernatural Son. We're bestowed by the Holy Spirit. We need to embrace this on a regular basis. We need to really think about our supernatural God supernaturally creating us, bestowing us with supernatural power. Now, our, our divine right to healing is different than the manifestation of the Spirit. And I know I said that at the beginning. A manifestation of the Spirit, if you look in the book of Acts, there's a couple, just say this real quick, there's a couple instances. Peter was preaching, and in the audience was a crippled man. And the Bible says that Peter saw this man had faith to be healed. 
So he said to him, rise up and walk. So I'm going to ask you, how do you see faith in someone? You can't see it with your natural eyes, can you? No. Peter had to get a revelation from the Holy Spirit. That man over there, faith is rising up on the inside of him. You speak to him. And Peter stopped in the middle of his preaching, and he said to the man, rise up and walk. And the man leaped. He stood up, and he was praising God he could walk because he had been crippled from birth. So there are supernatural manifestations, gifts of the healing, gifts of healings from the Holy Spirit that God wants to use us to do also. So as we're seeking revelation from the Holy Spirit about what God has for us, we need to learn to practice every day hearing what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Because there are so many people around us that have needs, right? And there might be somebody that you're supposed to pray for. And as you listen to the Holy Spirit, don't be afraid. If God is directing you to go pray for someone, do you know what's going to happen? He's going to back you up. If he's directing you to pray for somebody, he is going to back you up because he never leaves us or forsakes us. So I just want to encourage you, take time to seek God about how to let his manifest power flow through you. And I know some of us are believing God for healing. And I want you to leave today knowing that you know that you know that you know that that supernatural God-given right for healing is yours. But sometimes there are things that we need to deal with. So seek him. You know, maybe we have unforgiveness. Maybe we have bad theology. There might be things in our heart and our spirit that God wants to help us get past. So if you feel like you are stuck in receiving from God, ask him, Father, is there anything else you want me to do? And listen. And he'll direct you and he'll help you. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. He sent his son Jesus to take care of it for you. So seek the kingdom of God. Seek him and he'll tell you what you need to do to get to the place where you want to be at. Because nobody wants to be sick. Nobody wants to suffer. We want to be where God wants us to be. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit to reveal who you are to us. And Father, I pray throughout this next week that you're speaking so loud by your spirit into our spirit that we catch multiple glimpses of who you are. We catch many, many glimpses of who you are, that you water the seeds that are in our spirit, that you cause them to grow up, that you cause faith to explode and arise in our spirit. Father, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for every person in this room. We're all in different stages of following you and walking with you, and you meet us where we're at. And I thank you that you take each of us by the hand, and you lead us, and you order our steps, and you help us to get to where you want us to be. And so, Father, I speak blessing over these congregational people. Father, I thank you that they are the head 
and not the tail. They are above circumstances and not beneath. I thank you they're blessed in their cities. They're blessed in the country. They're blessed wherever they go. Everything they set their hand to is prospering in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that. And so, Father, now as we turn towards lunchtime, I just ask that you bless this food. We receive it with thanksgiving. Father, we thank you that you bless our bread, our water, and you take sickness away from the midst of us. And so I declare your blessing over this food and drink, and it is a healing food and drink for our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. Bless you.